Hello, and thank you for joining us here on Broncos Country Throwback. I am Phil Milani, joined as always by Eric Dalala. We are back with another great episode featuring a member of the Broncos alumni. This time, Greg Boyd joins Jim Sakamano. Yeah, Phil, Greg Boyd, just three seasons in Denver, 1980 to 1982. But, you know, we have a lot of stories for you regardless, because this is a guy who is more than just a defensive lineman. I think you'll find that out as you listen here to Jim Sakamano's conversation with Greg Boyd. It's my pleasure to be sitting down with Greg Boyd on Broncos Country Throwback, a podcast of the Denver Broncos website. Greg, you've had quite a career, and a lot of people, because a lot of people are real young and they don't remember guys who played back in the day, but it's not that long ago, and it certainly doesn't seem like that long ago to me. But, Greg, you started your career. You... um, you went to Edison High School. Uh, I think that's in Fresno. Yes, sir. What's the nickname of Edison? Uh, the Tigers. The Tigers. That's great. The I Edison knew High School Tigers. That's pretty cool. Were you like black and uh, black and gold or black and yellow? <laughs> Correct. It was black and gold. Yes. Just, just figures. Then you went to San Diego State, a really outstanding school, by the way. Well, uh, and you, you, you know, you know, Jim. Let, let me stop you right there. I know you want to be accurate as you chronicle this thing, but I went to Edison High School, but I didn't play sports in high school. No kidding. I did not play sports in high school, uh, and then I, after one year of being just working and being off, um, I started at Fresno City College. And so I went to Fresno City College, and that's where all of the sports and everything began. But I was a weightlifter in high school. I really enjoyed weightlifting. So that's how I, you know, built myself up. I gained 100 pounds, and, um, you know, the rest of it just turned out great. You know, in junior college, we won two junior college national championships back-to-back, and at that point, all the people in the country, the, the, uh, at the collegiate level anyway, they wanted to know what were they feeding those kids in Fresno that they could play football like that. And we uh-huh. would go undefeated. We went undefeated. One year we went undefeated. But, yeah, we won two, two national and uh, state uh, championships those two which years, is a, 1972. Which is a really big deal. When you talk about winning a JUCO state championship in California, yeah, people remember? don't realize – that, that's it was like tough. that's like winning the national championship. Yeah, it, it was tough. They they were some there were some really good uh, JUCO transfers to the four year level um, in those days. A lot of guys went that route, and I never even thought about it. It's just that I didn't do anything in high school with regard to football. So football all began at Fresno City College. Uh, the coaches at Fresno City College. They uh, caught me lifting weights in the weight room, and they had some guys in there deadlifting. And uh, and the guys saw me, and they said, man, you're so big, you know. I bet you you could curl what we were trying to deadlift. Sure. Now, some of our fans not realize, but you were about, you are still about 6'6", 
285. I'd say that's what you played at, Greg. <laughs> let me tell let me tell you. I wish I was 285. <laughs> well, we all put on a few as it goes along. We can blame it on COVID. We all gained a little yeah, weight during yeah, COVID. Hibernating. Yeah. Yeah, we can put it on COVID. <laughs> but so you were real big in high school, but you lifted weights and then you uh it was a JUCO. Boy, it's amazing how you know how when somebody's got ability, how quickly it can develop. Because here Absolutely. you know you know what I mean. The four years of high school didn't make me a player, but uh, two years of JUCO, and uh, the next thing you know, you're at San Diego State. And the next thing you know, yeah. you're with the Patriots. Drafted. Exactly, yeah. drafted, and um, you know we won we won one PC two A championship uh, at uh, San Diego State. Uh, the next year, we did not win the PC two A. But I did win the uh, All West Coast Honors and Conference Honors and stuff like that. But, you know, it was Red Miller that uh, came to scout me at the Aztecs at San Diego State. Really? He scouted me for, for a few, uh, you know, he was the uh, offensive coordinator for the Patriots back right. then. And he was the offensive line coach. So he came out there and he, I didn't know who, you know, I didn't know who he was. But he was watching yeah. me play basketball, and you know everybody in those days after school we had a pickup game of basketball, and I was out there running and dunking the ball and having a good time. And he saw that and he said, "Who is that guy?" You know, and somebody said, "That's oh, yeah, that too strong." So he went I, back well, in and I looked remember at him. When I started with the Broncos in '78, Greg. Uh, and you were with us. Uh, well, actually, you you came to us in eighty, eighty to eighty two. But right. I mean, I can still remember. You looked different. And I don't mean this in a bad in in any kind of a bad way. But <laughs> even your muscles, Greg. Even your muscles had muscles. You know, I mean, there were big guys, and then there was you. You know, that was you, you know you know Tom Jackson. The first time he saw me, uh, we were doing the weigh in. You know how they do it doing mini camp, mm-hmm. we're doing a weigh-in, and Tommy Jackson said, if he get muscle cramps, he'll die. <laughs> <laughs> you know how funny Tommy was? Tommy was the funniest guy in the world, boy. Hey, you know, it didn't surprise me that he became very successful in the booth and as a sports analyst because of that huge personality he had, very mm-hmm. articulate, and, you know, he just a very outgoing guy. He would win most inspirational player every single year. Every single year. I, I loved it. I loved playing with him and Randy now, and Greg, Bob Swinson. Oh, yeah. Tell me again, how did you get from the Patriots to the Broncos? Um, yes. So um, I had played my uh, three years for the Patriots, and then I um, had an option year to sign, and me and my agent and the Patriots didn't agree on it. So I was just – I didn't get waived or anything. I just, you know, went back home because I was sitting around there and they were playing games and I wasn't uh, playing games or doing anything. So I went back home. I, I said, I can lift weights and stretch and run back in California. So I did, went back there. And um, what happened was uh, Red Miller had called me and uh, said, you know, I can't promise you anything, but I want you to come to Denver and uh, just show the coaches what you can do. He said, I remember how you beat up on uh, Leon Gray and John Hanna back in New England. And if you can do that here, you mm-hmm. know, you, you have a good chance over here. So 
I came to, to the Broncos in 1979, December, actually, and uh, it was a blizzard. It was a, a blizzard, like two, three feet of snow. And John beat me and Rusty Nail. He got in his little Mustang. I know you remember it. <laughs> oh my and he God. drove us over to uh, Colorado School of Mine. <laughs> oh, my God. And sure. I went over there at the Colorado School of Mines, and I ran the fastest time that I had ever ran, run as a professional football player. Um, I ran a 4.72, and mm-hmm. they couldn't believe it. I weighed in at 2.82. I ran 4.72, and I benched 5.55, and the rest of it, you know, just turned out great. Yeah, it did. And, you know, you played with us, and then uh, you moved around a little bit. You got a ring. You were with the 49ers, I think. For one of their I, world I championships, the but I was only there for a short time. But you know, be, before we go there, I want to go back to the Broncos because there was something that was there with the Broncos that I think a lot of people didn't know about, Jim, and, and maybe you didn't know either. But did you know that uh, they brought me in and drafted Rulon Jones that same year, and because they were concerned about their uh, pressure on the quarterback and the sacks and that whole thing, because remember that was Dan Fouts was a part of the AFC. Yeah, and you had a couple of really good years with us. Yes, we we actually, we we became the, uh, Rulon had 11 sacks, and I had 10 sacks my fir- our first year here. And, you know, we became the number one defense in the NFL that, that year. And mm-hmm. uh, Joe Collier, he decided to, you know, take what we did well, which was, go upfield and penetrate through the offensive line. And he created a blitz package called Hulk deals. And we had these uh, blitzes, you know, there might be deals, but they were blitzes. <laughs> and mm-hmm. we would storming up there and we, we did really well. We became the number one defense. And so we were the n- overall number one defense for a couple of years uh, that I can remember. And I tell you what, you know, nobody ever really talks about that. You know, I mean, and nowadays Joe, you're number Joe one. Joe was a heck of a coach, too. Oh, he was great. He knew exactly what to do with talent. He just could put you in place, and he knew if you do what he what he told you or coach you to do, you know, you were going to do well. And, yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He, he really did that for us. Rulon just really, he ripped it up. He He was so quick off the edge, and I was actually faster than him. But I did really well rushing over the guard or between the guard oh. and tackle. And there uh, were too many guys. There were not too many guys in the game, in my opinion, with your uh, physical abilities. I, I was very, very blessed. I, I was. I was very, very blessed, and uh, had some had some really good years. Had some really good years here. You know, we were all devastated when Red Miller was fired because I thought he was you know, close to putting the whole thing together again and go back sure. to the Super Bowl. If you have a number one defense, all you got to do is have an offense that will score 25 or 30 points. And, you know, we can hold people to 70, I mean, excuse me, to 17 points. That was the uh, goal every week. Or, or, you know, 20, we could hold them yeah, yeah. down like that. But, yeah, it didn't work out. Coach gets fired. They bring in Dan Reeves, and he had his own ideas about how he wanted to do things. Mm-hmm. I was traded to Green Bay, um, and I really didn't want I really didn't want to go. 
that, that that really took the starch out of me. Matter of fact, I wrote Stan Jones a letter, and he said it shook him up so bad that he framed it. <laughs> Stanley really? Jones, well, I love that guy. I love Stanley Jones. Great coach. He was yeah. the best person. He was, yeah, And man. he was one of the very first weight training guys yes. among the players in pro football. That's correct. He was big-time Chicago Bears, big weightlifter, uh, tackle, and guard he played. He was really, really good. Uh, Hall of Famer, too, huh? Yes, he's in the Hall of Fame. Was yeah, Hall of Famer. Pro Football Hall of Fame, yeah. Absolutely. Now, from, from the Packers, though, you did go to the 49ers, and you were with them for part of the year. I sure did. I, I went to the 49ers, uh, signed with them, and began, you know, practicing and learning their defense and all of that. And what happened was after, like, four weeks, I was there four weeks or five weeks, and um, uh, that guy was there, I think it was Ray Worsing. He was the kicker back then. Oh, yeah. He got hurt, and they had to bring in another kicker because he wasn't going to be able to to kick for a few weeks. I was the last guy they signed, so I was was waived. But they wanted me to hang around, but I didn't. You know, I started to go back. And Al Davis, <laughs> Al Davis said, "You better come out and give us a chance. You go. He's you always run off, and you got drafted to those Patriots, and then you went and signed with those Broncos. You never gave us a chance." <laughs> oh, I mm-hmm. loved Al Davis. Al Davis was something, man. He was something special. Uh, and he, but yeah, he really, went to the Raiders. He, yeah, he had, he really liked guys who had um, size and athleticism. He really did. He really did, and he showed me that he really knew football because he took me out there. It wasn't the coaches or anybody. It was Al Davis who worked me out. <laughs> Al Davis wow. put me through all the drills. And, you know, he, he went in the weight room to see how much I could lift. And he said, man, you can outlift Lyle because Elzado was the big weightlifter on the team at the sure. time. And uh, I was just like, okay, I'm really I, – I, I was coming home. You know, I lived in San Diego, but I was from Fresno. Mm-hmm. And so had lived in Southern California. And so basically it was coming home for me, but I was only there with them uh, one year. Um, and uh, I, I was ready to retire after that. They, they invited me to come back to camp, but I, I, mm-hmm. I retired. I, I wanted to tell you one other really neat little pearl that happened to me or nuance. Uh, when I was with the Packers, I had like defensive hit of the week four, four times or more, and, and and in one of my games, I had like, I don't know, like 28 quarterback harasses, throwing an errant pass, and mm-hmm. a couple sacks, and a safety. It was mm-hmm. a big, and I thought I was doing really good, you know, like, oh, wow, I had a big game, you know, and, and uh, Bart Starr, you know, he was like, hey, that's a great game, but we, could, we need another one next week. <laughs> now, but you Fred know, Dean... Fred Dean had six sacks that same Sunday. <laughs> Crazy, yeah. You know, oh, in a way, um, you were outstanding, but the game today, I think, would utilize your skills in a more a sophisticated more. way. Absolutely. I mean, now it's hard telling. You know, when You're they, being they a designated saying, oh, no, no, no. We are not. We are using this guy in a special way. They might That's even right. move you around a little bit. You would yeah. be hell on offenses. You know, and, and that I watched a lot of that, and uh, a couple of guys I see 
that strictly do pass rushes. Um, they're pretty much designated pass rush. You know, they called me a designated pass rusher mm-hmm. uh, back then. You know, he's a designated pass rusher. And, you know, that's when I, I had heard, because I didn't know that we were number one defense. You know, I was here for three years and then traded away, and, you know, time goes on and they keep going, right? So um, right. they they, they uh, called us designated pass rusher, and they're the number one defense in the NFL. And I heard that uh, one of the sports analysts was uh, uh, retorting that, and then they, you know, said that, uh, you know, we could we had this incredible pass rush, and we played short yardage really well. And, of course, you know, uh, the Orange Crush defense, uh, linebackers, mm-hmm. Randy Gratishire and Jackson and uh, Swinson, and at that time, Larry Evans, took over where uh, Rizzo, when he retired. Yeah, and yeah. yeah, we still were pretty tough. We were pretty tough, oh, pretty tough tough. football team. Now, did you not finish up, play maybe a year in the USFL for the New Jersey Generals? That's, and that's something, and, and it was, it was Donald Trump's team. He was the owner. I was about to ask that. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. So it's, it's I'm a home crazy world. I'm running. Now, you must have met him along the way. You must have met him. Uh, I think, uh, no, I didn't get a chance to meet him. I, I really didn't, but they, they, they ran it like a first class organization. You know, when I went to his team, I basically came out of retirement because I announced my retirement, uh, from the Raiders and I went, uh, out there, um, you know, and ran my times and it was myself, Brian Sight, Doug Flutie and Herschel Walker. Donald Trump wasn't Pretty messing good, around. He's gonna get some good people. <laughs> he yeah, was gonna get no, some people no. that can play. And and uh-huh. I played a few games for him, but it was like the third game. We were warming up against the Tampa Bay, uh, whatever bandits I think it was, and uh, I uh, tore a meniscus in my knee. First injury I bad. ever had. Yeah. Well, actually, I had one in '78 with the Patriots, where I had a, my ankle in a cast. But really, that was the only knee injury I'd ever had through all my career, and I was like, "Wow, why does it have to happen now?" You know. Yeah. But it did. Now, meanwhile, and, and some of our fans won't know this, but first of all, you had a long NFL career because you were also literally working for the NFL as like the sideline uh, uniform Absolutely. guy yes. for a long, yes. long time, and you retired a couple years ago from that. He had 19 years. I worked as the uh, sports licensing uh, uniform official, you know, that basically go to mm-hmm. game and mm-hmm. make sure the uniforms were worn the way they were designed and the, the way that the NFL represented to the networks, they would look on game day because it's all coordinated on game day around like all of the advertising that they do. It's done right. around that game because they, you know, if, uh, you remember Mike got in trouble in San Diego where he had our guys wear white jerseys and the uh, Chargers wanted to wear their white jerseys. It was a hot day, like 87 degrees. And uh, Mike, <laughs> Mike, they fined Mike, Mike Shannon, and he got fined because he let Yo, the guys wear that's a big the light deal. jerseys. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> that was a real but big now, deal. Greg, when you, when you hurt your knee, and this is something that some fans will recognize, especially if they um, – are interested in in different sports, but you wrestled for a long time professionally as Hercule yeah. Lloyd Boyd. 
Had you I already sure begun that? Had you already begun that during your NFL career? No, 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 I didn't. I uh, I retired from football in 1986. Totally retired because it was 85 when I went to the New Jersey Generals, mm-hmm. and once I had hurt my knee and rehabbed and everything, 86 rolled around. I announced my retirement, and um, let's see what happens. So after that, I was basically rehabbing the knee. And uh, so you're in California. Mo- you're rehabbing your knee. I'm at, I was actually in Denver. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, I've been in Denver the whole time. Wow. Yeah, that's another interesting thing, Greg. You're a California guy, and the lifestyle there is very is wonderful and everything. So many of our of our players played here, and then they stayed in Denver. And you and among them, you know, where you only played here a few years. But yet yeah. you've made a lifetime here. It has been, it, it, Denver, Denver is a wonderful place to live. It, it really is. And, and I was listening to uh, some of the surveys they had done on places to live uh, throughout the nation. And Parker was like number two and like Boulder or something like that was mm-hmm. number two and number three, maybe even number one. But uh, yeah, Denver is a wonderful place to live. There's a lot of great things about it. Uh, I had always felt that there was a great relationship between the fans and the team and, and the, you know, of course, the alumni was always out doing community stuff uh, mm-hmm. for the Broncos. And, and so it had just been wonderful. And I was able to still wrestle and do my wrestling career based out of Denver. I, you know, I went to Minnesota and toured all over the states with the Minnesota wrestling thing, which was the AWA AWA all-star wrestling with Vern Gagne back in those days. And, uh, and I, and I was able to do my acting. I got involved in acting and motion pictures and, you know, did quite a bit of work uh, in that area also. And, you know, and I was even screen actors, Gil. I mean, I never, I never won any big awards. I didn't get any big, big pictures. But they wanted me to move to Los Angeles and New York, and I wasn't going to do it. You know, huh. I stayed here. Yeah. That that part I did not know. I knew you had done yeah. some stuff. But uh, now you actually took your wrestling even to Europe, and you wrestled overseas, Greg. Yeah, I went to, did, did I went you to not? Germany. Absolutely. I was, I was here in Denver. <laughs> Jim, crazy story. So a guy says, hey, man. Come down to the wrestling thing. Um, Vern Gagne wants you to show up down there. So, you know, I, I was not touring at the time, for whatever reason. I was back home. And they said, yeah, come down here. We got a lot of European people here on our tour. So I go down there to, I think it was the Coliseum. It was the Coliseum, sure was. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm down there, and I'm just like, you know, watching the thing and meeting people and all that. And so Vern Gagne says, uh Superfly Snooker, his partner got stuck in New York and he couldn't, he missed his plane. He's not going to be able to wrestle. They said, boy, take, take that meat coat off and, and take your shirt off. <laughs> <laughs> and you go, and you go, you're going to be a, a, a Superfly Snooker's tag team partner against uh, uh, Colonel De Beers and uh Bad rad somebody, right? Oh my so sure God. enough. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> I go out there with uh 
I've got on like Adidas shoes and I got on white jeans. I'm not kidding you. No shirt. And I go out there and me and Jimmy Superfly have the best tag team match. We've never wrestled together before, but he just said, this is what we're going to do. And boom, 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 boom. And we win the match. Big, huge sensation. Well, the promoter mm-hmm. from Germany, Otto Vance, I don't know if you remember that name. He was a big-time wrestler for many years. We just lost him as a wrestler, uh, last yes. year. I did not yeah. know as a promoter. but Yeah, yeah. He was a, he was a wrestler and a pr- promoter, 480 pounds. Well, he was there, and he goes, hey, that's very good. He said, you come to uh, <laughs> Europe. You come to – he grew up with Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? Uh, mm-hmm. big, big auto introduced me to so many people over there. Anyway, I go over there and I'm a sensation. Oh, the, well, see Jim, I go over there and they were going to make me a big, strong, mean, bad guy that goes and fights and beat up on the baby faces. But the people wanted me to be on their side. <laughs> and so auto goes, Oh man, this is not going to work. Okay. You a baby face. Now you're a hero. So you go be a hero because I was standing up there outside the dressing room and I'm supposed to be big, mean, Herculoid boy. Mm-hmm. And, and a, a little kid walks up and he hands me a roll of uh, bubble gum. <laughs> well, how are you going to turn down a little kid yeah. having you bubble gum? You know? but, I accepted but and the people were watching. Oh, that's so cool. There's something, there's, there's, this is the thing, a gentle giant. And your personality is such that I cannot imagine you being mean for very long. Because to be honest, you break out in laughter and smiles, and that's that's the end of it. And people say, "This is a great yeah. guy. This guy's you not know, mean." It, it just turned out. It really turned out good. He didn't expect for me to, you know, be a a baby face or a hero. But it just turned out that way. That's what the people wanted. And he always mm-hmm. told me, when you're wrestling, listen to the people. Listen to the people. <laughs> he said, I'm listening to the people. You're a baby face now. But you know what else well, happened over there while I was there? While I was there, they heard me singing in the locker room, you know, all happy now after my match. And, you know, and I'm in, get, getting out of the shower and they heard me singing. And now they want to record a record. So we record a record. Sure, sure enough, we record a record. They sell 10,000 copies. Nobody thought this thing was going to sell any 10,000 copies. It sold 10,000 copies. So now, instead of me just going over normally, I would depart Denver like April 15th or something like that and head over to Europe. They would come and get me in early February and take me over there, and it was all the music and entertainment. I'd open shows for big stars that they had, like Flacco and Oliver Cheatham. I'd go over there and open shows for people. And now, and I was doing all kinds of songs at that point. But yeah, I got a chance to record and perform on stage. It was a blast. What and a after, fantastic career! You know, it, it, it's been really a lot of fun. Yeah, and for people who don't know, you know, who are listening, Greg. Boyd, B-O-Y-D, if they Google you and look for some photographs, they'll see pretty quickly. I mean, Greg, I'm not trying to just flatter you, but, you know, like I told one of our players once, I said, my God, if I had muscles like that in my chest, 
I wouldn't even put on a white shirt. I just put a tie on around my. <laughs> wear pink tops I really, all the I just, time. <laughs> I just put a tie on around my neck and go to work like that. But um, but they would That's see great. how you know very quickly with your size and so forth. How um, you know whether Red Miller in football or whether uh, in wrestling, whatever it might be, you caught somebody's attention and people said, "Wait a second. You know, yeah, this it, is was, an unusual it was talent. Really, so that's pretty cool, it, Greg. It, it, it was wonderful. It really was. You know, got a chance to do all these great things, and you know, I, I just, uh, I, I really enjoyed it. But I wanted to tell you, Jim, this year in 2020, with the COVID-19 and the presidential election, all of the uh, demonstrations and riots and stuff going on, it had been very quietly a great and sensational year for me personally. You know, accolades. I, I had oh, uh, I, I had won or been honored with the uh, uh, the Trailblazers Award out in the state of California, uh, out of my hometown in Fresno there, and so I had to go out there and and you know participate in that thing in That's February. Wonderful, wonderful. It was incredible. I got like all these certificates and things. You would think I was graduating with a PhD or something, you know. Had all this cool stuff and. Uh, and then so sometime later on, and here's something that, that's going to knock your socks off because it knocked mine off. I get a thing from the, the Las Vegas Raiders. They honored me with a legacy brick that they're placing in their new Allegiant How Stadium cool. in, in the plaza there. You know, and, that uh, is so you know, cool. Greg. Oh, my God, I, I couldn't believe it. You know, so all of that cool stuff happened then, you know, um, also, you know, the uh, NFL decided to enter like 25 or 22,000 players that, you know, were like myself that played early on to enter our names at uh, Kenton, Ohio at the Hall of Fame. Sometime oh, that there. is, that's great. H- had you not you know, heard Greg, about that one? No, no, but you know, I don't know if you knew this, but you know that like Mile High Monument, the, the little mini Mile High that is in the parking lot? At the stadium? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Your name's on that wall. Really? Yes. Every Everybody who ever played for the Broncos has his name on the wall there. I never knew that. Yeah, on the inside of it. You know, like if you went in every – well, I should say – excuse me. Excuse me. Not everybody who ever played for the Broncos. Everybody who ever played at Mile High Stadium, but you did. Oh, okay. So not the current okay. guys, but the guys who played at Mile High – because that's okay. a tribute to old Mile High Stadium, oh, and your yeah. name is on that wall. Oh, yeah. Wow. I know it because I proofread it myself. <laughs> Pretty cool. Well, no, you, you, got the, uh, you got the press box. You got the Jim Sacramento press box up there. Well, well, I do. The Broncos have been very Isn't that awesome? to be. Isn't that and, awesome? You know, Greg, yes, it is. It is. And, you know, you do the, a person does the best they can in the world. Yeah. yeah. But it's really yeah. nice when the world smiles back. You know what? The world doesn't have to. You know what? Yeah, Jim. You know what's really special is is when you didn't expect it. Yes. You you know we yes. I, I wasn't thinking oh somebody's gonna give me a award because I'm great. You know mm-hmm. all of a sudden mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sitting there. Matter of fact, wasn't it you who called me? I think it was you when I got in, entered into the uh, Fresno City College Hall of Fame. You called me and said that I needed to call Fresno because Fresno was uh, honoring me with the Hall of Fame induction. 
it's it's really neat to have a small part in something like that. It makes somebody feel good. And it's really cool for me. It was always really cool to be a oh. small part of that. But but you know, if you think about it, almost everything that you did, it 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 came. Now you were able to give back. You you had abilities and you had the right attitude and everything. But all you were, you were a guy lifting weights. That's and right. other people saw you and said, wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's you can right. play football for us. Wait well, a minute. You, know they, you can exactly wrestle for what us. They that's what hey, they said. I was, I was in that weight room, Jim, back there in 1972, lifting weights at Fresno City College. And, and, and they saw me curl 300 pounds. And they said, you know, you could help us win a championship. Well, the mm-hmm. crazy thing is, Jim, I had never, ever uh, considered playing football, and I had no idea about, you know, that they were even the football coaches. I had no idea who they were, you know, and it just like, wow, that mm-hmm. happened. And then they, they asked me to come out and throw the shot put in discus. I had never threw the shot put in discus, and I uh, win the conference championship uh, throwing shot put in discus back there in well, Fresno. It has you know, sometimes, sometimes when we don't know it, God is smiling at us. He sure is. And especially when you want to help others and give back, yeah. you know, like oh, yeah. John Pagano, he's, a, he's one of your coaches now for yes, the Broncos. He is. He's one of the young guys that I trained uh, oh, way back heaven. when. Yeah. Uh, what from a, the Fairview and what a uh, world. from the Mile High. Oh, it's a small world. You know, when, when this world. is over – when this is over and it will be over and everybody's visiting, you know, again at the Broncos and everything, you've got to come by and say hi to John and so forth and so on. Because first of all, the Broncos are a very welcoming organization. They don't push their alumni aside. Right. You know what I mean? You know, and, uh, and you know, all you'd have to do, whether you go through Billy Thompson or me or whoever the heck, you know, I'm not saying today, but I'm saying, you know, this will be over again, and people will visit with people, and John Pagano would be glad to see you. Oh, it would be great to see Johnny. Yeah, absolutely. Johnny. <laughs> yeah, well, that, yeah, yeah I, I, you know what? Only I've never called call him anything Johnny. else. <laughs> yeah, and only you can call him Johnny. That is yeah. that's great. Johnny, um, Johnny Pagano, man. I mean, I, I love that kid. He's just – and if you talk to him, he'll tell you that I taught him everything he knows. <laughs> well, that's quite a lot. But, but what, Greg, a, what a uh, what a defensive mind, though. He's kind of got that oh, Joe yeah. Collier thing going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, the whole the whole unit. Uh, I really think the Broncos are on the cusp. They're not I quite so there, too. but they're really close. They're close, and they could they turn are close. any time now. Yeah, any time. They are close. Now. You know, and I was happy to see Garrett Bowles find uh, his yeah. and get there because he was a first round yes. draft choice. He surely showed them something, but he just yes. had some tough years becoming acquainted with playing and at the speed of the NFL. Yeah, but he's doing great now. And uh, yeah, Greg, uh, it's been just a pleasure talking to you. And uh, I, I can't say enough about you being willing. Hey, just because I called the number didn't mean you had to answer it. And that didn't mean <laughs> you had to be nice to me. So I'm glad you, but that's how you are, Greg. Uh, and uh, I appreciate you, just, Jim. I appreciate. I miss, it. Uh, you know, I miss seeing you. It's not the normal press box now, of course, but I miss seeing. Oh, you. I know. I it's different. Yeah, it's different. Yeah, 
You ought Absolutely. to when it's again when it's over and done, you ought to come by just to come by. Oh, uh, I would anyway, love to Greg, come by. I would love to. Yeah, well, I'm not in charge of passes, but I'm in charge of my own opinion, and my own opinion <laughs> is they ought to give you one and you ought to come That's by. That's great. So, um, that is great. Greg, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me on Broncos Country Throwback. Phil, that was Jim's conversation with Greg Boyd, a former defensive lineman for the Broncos, but also a uh, former professional wrestler, Herculoid. Kind of an impressive story. He's got he's got all sorts of things to talk about. Yeah, and you know, Jim always finds a way to uh, pull those stories out of everybody he talks to. And hey, Eric, that's why we like to listen to this podcast. You can find Broncos Country Throwback wherever you download all your favorite podcasts. That's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with another member of the Broncos alumni. But until then, for Jim Sakamano and Eric Zalala, I'm Phil Milano.